0: Good morning. Happy Sunday to you. It is the last day of 2023. Welcome to the huddle. What are your sports New Year's resolutions? What do you, what will you say that you will do this year sports related? Maybe you're going to go to the gym more. Maybe you're not going to get on the Vikings bandwagon after one game. Maybe, who knows? I would love to hear them. We'll go over ours later in the show. Uh, we'll talk about them throughout the show. I've got mine queued up and ready to go. If you follow me on social media, you know a lot of times I make a complete moron out of myself. So it goes there. That's a little tease. Uh, Vikings six, and by Packers. By the way, sorry, Dave. Six five yes. one
2: four six one nine two two
0: six. Text Did those. I forget to give the number? I think you did. I think you did <laughs> right, right at the
2: beginning. <laughs> I wanted to jump in. So text him in, call him in, whatever. We'll get to him uh, a little later in the show.
0: My My first resolution in 2024 is to give the number more often. Six five one four six one nine two two six. It's the WCCO talk and text line. We'll take your New Year's resolutions throughout the show. Vikings Packers tonight. Sunday night football. Look out! The Vikings have a new starting quarterback again, again, again. Uh, I think this is the third now. Although Jaron did start, Jaron Hall started one game uh, technically before leaving early against Atlanta. Pete, are the Vikings making the right choice? Throwing Jaron Hall out there. Keep in mind, I mean, can he worse? <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, you know, Mullins, uh, obviously the interceptions are what killed him. But, you know, when you look at some of the other numbers, you start saying, well, it was awful, but it was also a guy who was slinging the ball around pretty yeah. well. And I would tell you one one thing for sure. I think J.J. was pretty happy with what he was able to do with six catches and 140 yards, and I think K.J. pretty happy as well. But obviously those interceptions, um, it's something that Mullins has been doing. It, it's fairly consistent. It's a lot like what we talked about, Josh Dobbs. He started off great those first couple games. Yeah. The, the Viking fans went crazy. They figured, hey, we just really figured something out, and I kept thinking – you know, uh, it, it always comes back to who you really are, <laughs> yeah. and it came back to what you know, what kind of a quarterback so far at least Josh Dobbs has been, which is fifty fifty. You know, he'll he'll th- he'll throw touchdowns, but he's going to throw interceptions. So, I think it gives Jaron Hall the opportunity, at least, to show us what he can do. Finally, right? I mean, the guy is no longer truly a rookie when you think about it, because. You know, in college football, you only play so many games, and we've already long passed those number of games Mm -hmm. as far as his pro career, and he didn't play in all of them, of course, but he's there. He's a guy who's who's had an opportunity here and there, just spotty. I mean, he's thrown, what, 10 passes, I think, this year? Yeah, basically. But nonetheless, why not give him a shot? Why not Mm -hmm. let him go out there? He's got the offensive line. He's got a very healthy group around him on the offense, and quite honestly, most of the defense. So, yes, Hawkinson's out. But, you know, if I, I think when you look at the, the, the wide receivers that he's got, I'm still not a huge fan of our running game and everything else. But uh, I, I think it's a great opportunity for Jaron Hall to at least show us a little something, show yeah. us – What have you learned so far You know, in the number of games that we've played this year? What have you learned standing there? You've only thrown the 10 passes, but you've stood there and you've been in those meetings, those quarterback meetings that go forever. If anybody doesn't really know this, of all of the different spots on the team, it's the quarterbacks that are constantly in meetings. So he's been there, he's done that, and he's had the opportunity. Now here's a guy who... You know, when you think about his career, uh, Dave, it's amazing. 51 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. So he showed that he was very efficient, but that was at BYU. This ain't BYU.
0: No, it's not. No, it's not. And, and you're right. Uh, there, there's one thing that you said that really I, I didn't think about before you said it. And the fact that, that T.J. Hawkinson's numbers, and I don't have the stats in front of me, but they – he was a huge, much larger part of the offense once yeah. you got to Josh Dobbs and Nick Mullins. And you know that because it's a safety, right? That's your safety blanket to dump off to your tight end. And so it worries me a little that, that Jaron Hall doesn't have that, but I'll say this one. You're right. They've got to see what he has, right? Cause there's a very good chance. I don't, there's a chance that none of these guys are on the roster next year when it comes to quarterback. So you should at least see what Jaron Hall has. The other thing that I think about, Pete, is when you look at the starts that Dobbs and Mullins had, and yes, Mullins had, you said the interceptions, I agree, but goodness, he was slinging the ball. And if you you think about the NFL, if you don't have tape on a guy, if you haven't seen what he does against NFL competition, That can be a huge advantage regardless of who it is. And I truly think that that was one of the reasons why we saw Josh Dobbs, those first couple games, really light the world on fire, and like you said, and then come back to earth. Um, Mullins is a different story, although I think in his second game he had more interceptions than his first, so they clearly saw something. But I think the fact that there's two games left in the season, the fact that Jaron Hall is an unknown, maybe you play that to your advantage. Maybe the fact that they have no idea other than one series, what he looks like, what he can do, maybe that's enough of an advantage to eke out a win against a couple of really tough opponents because it's not going to be easy against uh, the Packers and the Lions.
2: I mean, it's a win-win, right? It's, yeah. It's, there's, if they win and he has something and he shows something, all right, great. If they lose, well, you gave it a shot. You had to see. You didn't have many other options. You might as well give it a shot to see if there's something there. Now you know. That there's nothing there, and you can move on. So I, I mean, you need to give it. And, and like Pete said, you know, either you, you go back into what you are. We don't know what he is, and we're not. We now we're going to. So uh, I, I don't see the downside necessarily in this. Really, win or lose for Jaron Hall. The da-
0: uh, the only downside to me is if he if he's truly not ready. And he and now again, what do you really expect out of a sixth round pick? Uh, Do you really care if, well, if he's not ready, we're going to worry about his development? He's a sixth-round pick. This is not – he was not a number one QB. You're not necessarily worried about Jaron Hall's long-term development. Uh, You're hoping that maybe it's lightning in a bottle. You toss this guy out there, and he becomes a Tom Brady or a Brock Purdy at best, uh, which who knows? But, that I mean, who cares? And I hate to be crass about it, but – When it comes to wins and losses in the NFL, and they all matter, I don't care about his development. Can you get us to the finish line in these next two games, and maybe we have a chance at a postseason?
2: Well, and not to mention, he's one of these BYU quarterbacks, so he's already 25. Yeah. He's not a a spring chicken here. He's been around. He has been playing football for quite a while. He's 25 years old. It's kind of now
3: or never for some, some of these guys. And not to bash or anything, Dave, but I'm just going to add. So people have the knowledge uh, Yeah, you know, uh, the last time I was on with you guys, I, I missed last Sunday, but the last time I was on, I went after Brian, Brian Flores, pretty well. I, I, I went after him because of the fact of what I think the defense has done with the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to go there again. When you go back to last week against Detroit, we gave up almost 400 yards of offense and 140 yards rushing. Now, we, we everybody wants to say well Brian Flores and this defense has improved yeah. so much i i keep going back to our what am i missing <laughs> they they had the ball for 38 minutes now i get the interceptions and everything else i get that and that's something that affects you know the game to some degree but the reality is that our defense played poorly we gave up too many yards on the run, uh, against the run and i think that is something that the vikings uh, that were small at linebacker and as far as what we've been able to do you got to give all the credit in the world to Daniil Hunter and what he's been able to do and the value that he actually adds to the Vikings and why they didn't want to give him the money is still crazy to me. But part of the problem also for the offense and Nick Mullins was we can't run the football. No, we cannot run the football. And if you look right now, the Ravens, Detroit, San Francisco, Miami, Philly, Buffalo, all those teams, you know what they all have in common? they all lead run. their conferences their divisions rather and all of them can run the football. Yeah. That's what it takes to get to the next level. You want to know what it what it, what it takes to be uh, an offense that has strength and and actually keeps the defense off the field and you chew up the clock? You do that by being able to run the ball. So the value of a Dalvin Cook or whomever you want to pick is there. And that's why I am so against the idea that, well, you know, it doesn't really matter what running back you got. We really don't run anymore. We throw the ball. Well, that's really not true. <laughs> so, and the reality is the Ravens are, are one of the best running teams. San Francisco is one of the very best running teams. And because of that, that's why I think they're in the position that all those different teams I named, that's why they are where they are.
0: Are you trying to tell me that 17 yards isn't enough rushing in a game <laughs> to win a football game?
3: That's a good carry. <laughs> you know.
0: Hey, here's it. you brought it up, and I, I 100% agree. There's one statistic to me in NFL football that never, ever lies. And I'm curious if you agree, because you know more about the game than I, than I do, Pete. But time of possession. Last week, the Lions had it for 38 minutes, 38 and the minutes. Vikings had it for 21. Time of possession never lies, baby. Never lies. May-
3: you, the defense, and I can tell you this, when I was with the Golden Gophers back way back in the day, uh, that was always the problem, because if your offense goes out there, and incomplete pass, run the ball for a three-yard gain, maybe you throw the ball for another three yards, now you've got to punt the ball. You've used up about a minute maybe maybe less (laughs) and the reality is you've got to go back out on the field again and and you know as this happens throughout the game if it continues like that which is what detroit did to us they ran the ball they kept running the ball they kept running the ball Golf occasionally threw the ball and they had it for like you said 38 minutes. That tires out a defense. That's why the third and fourth quarter, you need to be able to close. And the only way you can close it all out is if you still have any gas in the tank. And our defense does not have gas in the tank in the second half.
0: So Vikings have, I'm looking at ESPN. They have a 20% chance at this point uh, to make the postseason. (laughs) Uh, Packers are slightly better. I believe that goes up to
2: like 45% though with a win, doesn't
0: it? It does, yeah. yeah. I, oh, yeah. Think right. 50, I think that's right. I think it's that. markedly. So here you go, Jaron Hall. No pressure, kid, but the entire <laughs> season uh is on your shoulders. But and also to your point, Pete, it's gotta be the defense has to be better. And yep. and they have to get off the field. They've yep. gotta get off the field and not get tired out. And and it's anytime you can make a team one dimensional, that's a good that's a good way to win, and that's uh, I, I think that's what the Lions did last week. All right, we'll take a quick break. Coming up next, uh, one former Viking is up for the Hall of Fame this year. Does Jared Allen deserve to be enshrined in the NFL Football Hall of Fame? We'll talk about it next.
4: put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
0: Oh, I get it now. (laughs) The new year. Good job, Charlie. I like it. Welcome back to The Huddle. It is the final show of the year. We're wondering what are your sports new year's resolutions for example i will not wish for my team to tank this year so they will get a higher pick in next year's draft maybe you don't maybe you don't subscribe to that what are your new year's resolutions this year we'll talk about them uh, later on in the hour today the national football league professional football hall of fame uh class is now windled dwindled down uh, Eric Allen, Willie Anderson, Jari Evans, Dwight Freeney, Antonio Gates, Rodney Harrison, Devin Hester, Tory Holt, Andre Johnson, Julius Peppers, Fred Taylor, Patrick Willis, Darren Woodson, and Jared Allen—all uh, at this point still uh, amongst the finalists uh, before they whittle it down uh, to the final five that will go into the Hall of Fame next summer. Final five need to get 80% of the vote for the selection. Pete, I'll throw it right out there to you. Jared (laughs) Allen, Hall of Famer, yes or no?
3: I don't know how he's not already in, Dave, to be honest with you. And and I say that as a guy who I don't know him personally, watched him play, thought he was pretty amazing. 136 sacks in 13 years. I think that says a lot about who he is, the consistency of who he was. He's not a guy who's sitting around with load management, which I always give extra credit (laughs) to as well. But – you know, Dave. When you look at all his numbers, it, it's actually staggering that that he is just keeps coming up, but then not getting all the way there to put on that gold coat let, like he'd love to do. Because I, I was so impressed with that guy's motor. You know, we always talk about that, now, and I see that same kind of a, a, a vision when I look at Hutchinson, the kid from Michigan who's now mm-hmm. playing for the Detroit Lions. The motor never stops, and that yeah. was Jared Allen. And 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 when you look at his numbers, the forced fumbles. The interceptions, he's got six of those as well. The guy, the guy played in all – he's like Jim Marshall in terms of he played in games. He was always ready to play when it was game day. And so I think when you look at the, the body of work that he's put out there, uh, I just can't imagine how he's not in, but I can't imagine at all how he couldn't get in this this go-around.
0: Well, you mentioned Jim Marshall. How's Jim Marshall not in the Hall of Fame? That, that's <laughs> another question. I, I don't get that one at all. I know Jim thing, well. I'll tell yeah, you, he's, I, I, he's a I don't great
3: guy. No, it's terrible. And and I've I've sat down. I've I've been lucky enough to know Carl Eller pretty well in yep. my my lifetime. Jim Marshall as well, great guys. And and every time I see Carl, he'll bring that up. He'll say, yeah. I don't know how Jim Marshall's. How, how is, is he not, not in there? <laughs> yeah.
0: he had a hundred and thirty sacks in a hundred and eighty <laughs> games. So that's." That is something I looked at. I'm like, I, I'm looking at the list, and Bruce Smith is up there, Reggie Wayne, Deacon yeah. Jones, Jack Youngblood, Chris Dolman, Michael Strahan, Jason Taylor, Richard Dent, uh, Jared Allen, Julius Pepper's not in there yet, but I think that's just because he's uh, he just hasn't gotten in yet, right, in terms of how many years out he is. Um, what I looked at, the, the possible knock to me, and I, I think Jared Allen is a Hall of Famer. I do. The, the way you said it, and I, I can't say it better. He dominated the game, right? He, not only was he an outstanding interview, oh. I, lo- I once talked to him, and I forget if I asked the question or someone else did, about being booed when you go into like Green Bay and yeah. Chicago, and he loved it. He goes, I loved it. You have to embrace the suck. And I, it was one of my favorite <laughs> quotes I ever had the honor of witnessing. Uh, was Jared was Jared Allen? So he's got 136 sacks. The one knock that I think that that could come back to haunt him is the games, is the longevity and consistency. He only played 187 games, but and then you look at the rest of the list. Bruce Smith had uh, had 150, uh, excuse me, 279. Reggie White 232. Deacon Jones 191. The rest of them all over 200. So longevity, and then you you take that sacks per game, it comes down to about a 0. .75. and then you look at some of the other guys on that list who are close. Some of them are are over that. Uh, you know, some guys are, are more than a sack per game, which is just crazy to me. I still think when you look at the list, Carlell is right behind him. He's in to me. That says Jared Allen deserves to be in there. I, I don't, unless you're really really focused on the fact that he doesn't have as many games as some of the other guys which is why you could also say for some other guys in the list who aren't in, not Jim Marshall, he played 282 games. Hmm. But if you're looking at longevity, if you're looking at time of complete dominance, that is a smaller window for Jared Allen than it is for some of these other guys.
3: Yeah, I I, I think that's a fair argument. I'd also throw this one out at you. How about the fact that in his era, which is not that long ago, but in his era – did we throw the ball as much as we do now, for instance? Mm. And, and you look at some of the sacks yeah. and, and, and some of those kind of numbers, things can, can be twisted around. However you want them to be twisted around. Right. And it's, and it's, it's kind of like the arguments and, and Charlie and I've gone back and forth about this, about, you know, the, the whole thing with the ACC and Florida state and all those kinds of things. You can twist it. I can twist it in either direction, you know, yeah. to, 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 to basically fulfill what I would like to see, but somebody else can look at it a different way. I think as far as Jared Allen, when you look at it, the guy played 13 years, that's still a, a big number, right? And and so, yes, the number of games is a little bit different. It's not as much, but his production was there. And and you when you look across all of his various numbers from the, the forced fumbles to the recovered fumbles to the passes defended and all those different things, this guy did everything that you would want a guy to do, and I think that it's it's amazing that Jim Marshall's not in. I think it's also amazing that Jared Allen's not in the Hall of Fame.
0: The fact that he had only one, two, three, or four seasons not in the double digits for sacks yeah. is incredible, right? Yeah. He had nine with Kansas City, 11. Uh, 15, he had 22 here in 2011, (laughs) 22 sacks, 22 sacks (laughs) in 16 games. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't, again, I don't see a reason how they can keep him out, but I also don't see a reason why they kept, uh, Jim Marshall out, but so, you know good kudos to those writers for well we can we can uh, get on them later but anyway you know D-
3: daniel hunter has 15 and a half sacks right and and think about how many games this season the number yeah. of games <laughs> it just shows you that much more of what kind of dominance jared allen had
0: yep good point we'll find out later in the year if he uh, if he gets there and uh, continues to make his way down the list we'll take a quick break come back we'll do the fast break listen to the huddle on 830 wccl
4: after the end of a good fight
1: Engineer. All right,
2: let's get into it. Uh, Hello, Pete, Charlie. you're back. Hello. Hello. I'm back. Uh, Pete's back. back. We're going to start with Pete right <laughs> off the bat. Pete, I'm going to throw some numbers out at you oh. here, as I know you've been a long time Dalvin Cook supporter uh, with the Minnesota <laughs> Vikings uh, these numbers are from the Athletics Alec Lewis who uh, tweeted these out a little before looking at the 2022 versus 2023 numbers for rushing numbers for the Vikings 2022 4.1 yards per carry 2023 3.9 uh, let's look at the success rate in 2022 there was a 38.7 in 2023 identical 38.7 how about expected um EPA per rush expected uh, per attempt over rushing. It's a advanced metric 0.07 in 2022 0.11 in 2023. And lastly, let's look at the runs of zero or negative yards in 2022 is 25 and a half percent of all runs was for zero or negative this year. Twenty one point one runs uh, for zero or negative. Really? yards. Yeah. Less this year by a decent margin, about four, four plus percent less zero or negative yard runs this year for the Vikings. Pete, are you sticking to your guns and standing by Dalvin <laughs> Cook or is it just was he eh, really, you know, laying off in his his later years here?
3: I think that uh, you know, when we look at Dalvin Cook's at, at his his whole career, there were times where he was absolutely I think the best running back in football and then there were times where he was probably not and he was significantly off of that. But all all that being said, I still think that you've got to remember this. There's something about the threat of a run a game that's still out there as a player, and we see it all the time. And it's it's a matter of how does the defense react. So sure, if the if if he's the only option and and you do give him the ball here and there and you stack the box, so to speak, as we always do on defense, that also opens up something as far as the passing game. So there's there's a lot of different things that I think go into this whole thing and you know some of it i think is is oftentimes put on offensive lines as well you know are they are they at full uh, ability are they strong are they this are they that but i still think that it it comes down to You've got to have a, a great running back. I think Dalvin is is borderline great. I don't think he's in that top five or six, though. I think there certainly are better running backs out there. Christian McCaffrey is probably the most special running back I've seen in a, a really long time. So there, we're, we're in a position now where we've got some running backs, I think, uh, w- with the Vikings that are doing an, an admirable job, but it still doesn't mean that uh, Dalvin wasn't special. I think that he was. I think that he is. Um, I think he the threat that he gives as as a linebacker is something that, you know, you can't necessarily rank where that is. And I think that's one of the things that makes him special.
2: Now, that last year, though, with the Vikings, do you think the teams were still respecting him even when he was not putting up much of any numbers at all?
3: I think that they were still threatened by what his potential was uh because he's always one of those guys who could suddenly break out and have one of those long runs and he's and he had the speed still I think to do that. Now is he getting older? He absolutely is getting older. Do you have to pay him un- unbelievable n- uh, money? I don't think so, but I think that he was probably worth the kind of money he would have been willing to to settle for and they just they kind of gave up on that too fast in my opinion.
2: All right. Well, uh, Ty Chandler's looking. Uh, Dave, you want to say
0: something? I, I was just going to say I, I'm curious, and I'm not I'm not there yet, uh, but I'm looking at attempts wise. Was because rushing attempts? I I feel like maybe. Last year there weren't as many rushing attempts because the Vikings threw the ball more uh, mm-hmm. rather than, than this season. Well, and the O'Connell offense
2: is, is definitely more, more. Yeah, that's just uh, that was only my my only
0: two cents. I'll never disagree when it comes to football. Yeah, teams. so I mean you could. Yeah, he's you, forgotten more than
2: I know. You then go into yeah, well you know if we're not going to run the ball anyway, but that, yeah, Pete's whole point is doesn't matter if you're going to run the ball anyway. Mm-hmm. You want somebody that can run the ball, so they respect it. Um, yep. All right. The but, threat. Let's move on to you, Dave. Reports are coming out of Washington that the Wizards, well, they're tanking. They have Jordan Poole, they have Kyle Kuzma, and they are not very good at basketball right now. With that said, they're putting some names now on the trade block, and one of them caught my eye. Tyus Jones, local kid, is allegedly up for grabs, and Washington is putting him on the trade block. What are you putting up for the Wolves in a trade to bring Jones back home to back up Connolly? And who knows? Connolly's only on a one-year contract. Maybe he uh, he sits behind him for the rest of the season and and ends up being the starter next year. What are you giving up uh, to try and get Tyus
0: Jones? Um, a pair of sneakers and a bag of potato <laughs> chips. I, I have I have zero, and it's not. Listen, it's nothing against Tyus Jones. I, I mean. He's a great player. He's he's not great. He's a good player, a good backup guy. But to me, if you're what are they twenty-one and seven at this point? Where more than that. I mean, it's 20, what's that? It's more than that. It's more than that. I, I mean, they, they're they're playing such phenomenal basketball right now. To me, and this is all this is always my thought on things. Twenty-four and seven. Yeah, twenty-four. You don't mess up a locker room. Don't don't fix what's not broken. Everything works just fine. They are dominating. They, I, I mean, a great win last night over the Lakers. This time LeBron was actually there, which was great. Um, no, I, I don't give up anything. I, unless someone gets hurt and you got to have it, I'm staying, Pat, right where we are.
3: I think that's a great call. uh, Why, why mess around with this whole thing? Right. We've seen teams do that though, whether it's in the NBA, NHL, NFL, we always see, you know, these moves that suddenly get happen, and you go, well, why did they do that? They didn't need to do that. And I look at the, the Timberwolves right now and just the, how impressed I am with what they're doing. And once they got cat as part of this whole thing and he bought in and then you've got Rudy and everybody's taken their roles, then you've got such great backups and everything. I don't know who you'd want to give away. I, I really can't think of anybody on the roster, the, the primary roster, maybe the top seven or eight players. I can't see any reason to give anybody away. We're, we're, we're clicking, we're doing things Right. And to your point, uh, it's great to see that the load management didn't come into effect last <laughs> <time>. <laughs> Yeah. Now, I mean, of
2: course, it's it's worth saying that Tyus Jones would not necessarily break the bank uh, right. for, for sure. a trade while still being useful. Thing. I, I don't know. I, I would say if you see a hole in a team, you see something about a team that maybe – you think isn't going to work in, when it gets to the playoffs, say that's a second unit point guard. Say the second unit gets out there, they don't have ball movement, they don't have uh, things working their way, they're hitting threes, sure, but they don't have the open shots like they do. If you see that, I'm not saying I do, but I'm saying yeah. if you see that, why not fill a hole? Why not try and but get something?
0: But who would you trade away Luka to Luca Garza in a question? second. That's what I'm giving up. No, I'm giving up Luca Garza in a second. Would they go for that?
2: <laughs> uh, I don't, I, I'd give up somebody like Troy Brown. I would. I don't know if they want mm-hmm. Troy Brown Jr. back, but uh, that that's something. That, oh, or honestly, uh, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, uh, not name, Alexander Walker. Milton. Shake Milton. Shake Milton. Sh- Shake Milton. Yeah. Uh, has kind of worked his way out of the rotation, but he's still a valuable piece to certain teams. I would. I would I'm sure they'd love his Shake Five point three points per game. Well, he's <laughs> he's kind of taken a backseat on the bench. Now, yeah, which uh, he, yeah. that was not expected though. He did great in in Philadelphia, so I think that there's still. Some value there, along with, again, the Wolves actually have quite a few second-round picks that they stocked up from a couple of trades. They got one in the Mike Conley-D'Angelo Russell trade, so you can kind of put some of those out there as as a sweetener if – you need it back. what's
0: the success rate on a second round pick in the NBA? Uh, well, his name is Nikola Jokic,
2: and he's a multiple-time MVP. Other than it,
0: well, listen, you could say the success rate for the NFL sixth round is great because look at look the at Brock Tom Perry. Brady. But overall, <laughs> second round picks in the NFL, in the NBA. Yeah, uh, I, I would mean, say no, it's not. I'd great say generally not
3: they're probably not much. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's just, your bag I, of bag of shoes and balls and everything else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, I mean, I'd
0: give good potato chips like Old Dutch or something really good, and maybe a pair of Anthony Edwards' new Adidas sh- kicks. I mean, but, that's a good deal.
2: But every single person in a front office thinks they're the smartest person in the world and thinks they are going they to do. find the diamond in the rough, You're and right so up. they like those picks because they're going to be we the one to finally him. do it. We did it. And you know we the one guy, Yeah, and you know the one guy who actually has done it, Tim Connolly of the Yeah, that's true. Minnesota Timberwolves has a yeah, yeah. pretty good track record of finding those second round picks. We'll move on here. We are back to you, Pete. Got to talk about it. Last night's Detroit-Dallas game ended in an even more controversial oh. fashion than the Wolves a game on LeBron's long two. Uh, now for those that didn't see it, let's break it down really quick. The lines went for two a two-point conversion. It sure looked like number 68 went up to the ref and deemed himself eligible. The Lions did convert this attempt by throwing it to number 68 alignment, but the refs threw a flag saying 68 didn't report. And there was actually number 70 that reported. Now, since then, a lot of evidence has come out, a lot of video, a lot of what looks like reporting has come out that shows number 68 going up to that ref and the refs are still not backing down. They're saying, nope, nope, it was, it was exactly how we saw, but we've seen the video now. It doesn't look good for the refs. <laughs> what should the penalties be? What needs to happen penalty-wise for referees to get them more in line? What do we need to do about referees? Because, man, it just seems like they're lying to our faces about this.
3: Yeah. I, I would say that there's got to be something that has to happen in terms of how do they address this and the fact that they they – they should have right then on the field maybe somebody up up top should have basically you know signaled down to say hey look this is wrong. But anyway, the, the reality is that didn't happen. The reality is they went for it again. There was the off They go for it again, and they, they throw a pass that's uh, not quite on target. And Dan Campbell afterwards was just amazing in his interview about that whole, that whole thing and the fact they kept going for it, by the way. They never decided, you know what, we're just going to kick the extra point. We'll go to overtime. They never decided to do it that way. They decided they're, they're going for it, and they're going for the win. And it's, it's everything about Dan Campbell that you love, but in terms of what do you do? I think you've got to find, find them to some degree, the referees, there was no indication of number 70. He, by the way, he's a guard, not even a tackle or whatever. So he's very much in the interior of this whole thing. It was absolutely number 68. Absolutely. should have been uh, viewed as a two point conversion that happened. And, and yet, it didn't, and I think, you know, you don't want games to ever come down to something like that. So there's got to be something where uh, maybe the referee is uh, not, not fined financially, but maybe he's, he's, a, he's given a, a, a relief of maybe four to six weeks from games or something like that because that can't happen. It just cannot happen, and it did.
0: I'm reading here, in a pool report, referee Brad Allen said the opposite, the, that Skipper reported to him as eligible, and Decker did not. Interesting. Yeah,
3: um, Skipper was never close to anybody to report. I, I know.
0: Anything. By the way, the, the penalty of illegal touching—I mean, that's a—that made me giggle. I—I just—it's so. I'll play devil's advocate for for a second for a referee, which goes against everything I believe in my entire life, because I'm you know, it's so we, we stop we don't stop to think sometimes the pressure cooker and the and, and the amount. Of eyes and everything that's on them every single second of their job, and it's the same thing with with players, right? I mean, if you or I make a mistake in our regular lives, Pete, and goodness knows I do, uh, at work it's not magnified by sixty thousand people in the stands and another million watching at home. Uh, so these guys are gonna make mistakes. What what bothers me is that they go back and they look at it and then they stick with it, clearly yeah. because. They don't want to admit that they're wrong. Yeah, right. And that's that's a big problem. It's not a problem to make a mistake. It happens. You know, it, it's people don't understand. It is under. It, you have to know what kind of pressure these guys are under in these big moments to get everything right. And you're talking about you know in a ball spot, it's an inch. In, a, in an offsides call in hockey, it could it, it's a skate blade. I mean, these are very small, minuscule things that you have to get right. But that's why you have replay. And if you yeah. don't go back and get it right, then that that's a big problem to me. Yeah. Penalties be whatever they want to be. I, I think it's an issue.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's also the job they signed up for, right? Yeah, you, it you know they You know well. you're getting into it. But, no, I could not agree with you anymore. It's, it, it, of course, the call upsets me. I'm not happy that that call happened. But what upsets me even more is they can go into the locker room, talk to a reporter and say, nope, we got that right. Nope, that's yeah. that's what it was. Yeah, <laughs> and every single piece of evidence shows that they are wrong, and they just cannot admit that they were wrong, and that well, drives and me nuts.
0: They get scored, don't they? Because because yeah. referees get scored per game, so then yep. they may not move on into the playoffs or or, or to the Super Bowl, and that's and they, they want they, those those, those are extra games. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. I
3: mean these guys are making. I just looked it up two hundred and five to two hundred and fifty thousand bucks. Yep. So. This is this is real. Which, this it's is a hard job.
2: I think they deserve yep, yeah. that. It's it's tough. Yep. Al, oh, I wouldn't yep, want but, to do it. No. You, I don't
0: think you could pay me enough to be a
2: national football. Yeah, exactly. First. So I I get that. I'm not I'm not upset about the money, but I just. Man, oh, man, it is, it is frustrating that this keeps happening and that there does not seem to be any real remedy or solution that anybody is putting forward to stop what is going on. Let's move on to the last question here. Dave, we're quite a ways now into bowl season. This is an easy one for you. The college football playoff semifinals are tomorrow. That is New Year's Day. Alabama against Michigan, 4 o'clock. Texas, Washington, 745. All right, give me your game predictions. What's going on?
0: Uh, I think it's Michigan. And Washington. Those are my two. I, I think that I, I think, and I think Michigan walks away with it. I think Michigan wins, wins a national championship. They've been the best team all year. And I don't, I don't think that changes in the next couple of days.
3: You know, I've, I've, I, I look at that game and I, that one's so difficult for me because the way Alabama has played since their loss early against Texas has been pretty incredible. The quarterback play got him much improved from that time you know, all the issues that he had with the coordinator and everything else, and I'm talking about uh, the, the quarterback for Alabama. You put all that together, and it, it you watch them. They beat Georgia, who, if anybody watched that game last night, and I did, uh, Goodness, Georgia is special. And the fact that they did lose to Alabama, and it was at the very end of the season, and that's the only reason they weren't in that top four group, uh, they were special, and Bama beat them. So I think when I, when I look at that, I, I actually think Bama surprises Michigan. Michigan will be surprised. Uh, on the other side of it, something about Texas and the way they started playing towards the very latter part of the year, they just seem to be lighting it up. They seem like defensively and offensively, they really started to click. And they, and they have so much talent. I love Washington. They did everything right all season long. <laughs> they're those two big games against Oregon, they they came through when they needed to. I just I'm still a guy who as much as I liked the Pac-12 this past year and thought the Pac-12 was great, uh, I look at that Texas team and think, "Wow, the talent level there is just at a different level." And it's uh, I think they're pretty amazing.
0: Yeah. So we're completely opposite.
3: Yeah. Seems no, like you're I, probably I will, right in other words no <laughs> i'm not It will, makes for good radio note,
2: uh pete is a noted michigan hater so so <laughs> maybe right.
0: so maybe a right. well you I know don't i don't think pete that.
2: has ever made any qualms about his dislike for the no. university of michigan football team
0: harbaugh will lose and then get a contract extension worth 50 bazillion dollars and
3: he's so going to see. the nfl isn't he dave no he? he's
0: not <laughs> He says that. He's the only guy that can say that every year and continue to have people believe it. All right, we'll take a break, go through some New Year's resolutions coming up next year. Listen to The Huddle. We're going to party like it's 1999. It's a New Year song, right? It is a good, works for me. Yeah. I don't know. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes. Absolutely. Uh, all right, let's talk about your New Year's resolutions. What New Year's sports resolutions will you make in the coming year? I will go first. Uh, again, we'd love to hear yours on the, on the uh, WCCO talk and text line 651-461-9226. It's time for me to, to, to take my medicine. Hmm. Uh, and so uh, uh, on August 31st at 9, 12 p.m., oh, wow. I sent a tweet out. <laughs> That said, Ethan kaliak has a little Pat Mahomes to his game. Yes, I said that. Yes, I meant it. <laughs> Ethan kaliak has nothing to his game. That's like Pat Mahomes. At least he didn't hear, other than maybe the throwing motion. Uh, this tweet did not age well. And all of you, even in the moment, made me understand it. Chad Hartman asked me if this was a cry for help. <laughs> um Someone else told me I've been hit in the head too many times with hockey pucks, all of which is true. <laughs> uh, I was wrong. And, and my New Year's resolution this year is to no longer say that college athletes in their uh, early in their career, first game of the season, are going to be potential NFL Hall of Famers like I did on August 31st at 9.12 p.m. <laughs> with Nathan kalliak Manis. I have put that out into the world. I was wrong. I'm owning it, and I will not do that in 2024. Very noble. Very noble. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much.
3: You know, it, it, first of all, you're manning up. We always <laughs> love to see that. <laughs> but and, and we all need to do that. So we'll, when when I get my opportunity and Charlie gets his, we'll we'll yeah. go through some of that stuff. But uh, you know, I I still stand by who he was at the beginning of the season and how he has not improved. As a quarterback, through his journey through the University of Minnesota, and obviously in the portal now, so that says something about what PJ and those guys need to do about developing quarterbacks as well, because I think that's an area where we've been very, very weak. And that's so. I'm not defending you, but I'm just saying that uh, there's reasons why it didn't happen.
0: So you're saying I was right, and everyone else made it happen incorrectly. (laughs) That's that's what I'm that's what I'm taking away. (laughs) We'll do more of these in the second hour, including uh, also in the second hour, Mike Kliss is going to join us. He's Denver Broncos beat writer. We're going to talk about the Russell Wilson situation and that debacle going on down in Denver. We'll see you on the other side of the break.